Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see... The disciples, as I said in Luke 11, had asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Why? Well, the disciples watched Jesus' life, and they went, it's incredible. It's powerful. He he meets every need there is. It just changes people's lives. Where does that come from? Well, they put two and two together, and they realized it was the prayer life of Jesus. So they just said to Jesus, teach us to pray. Whenever we get the opportunity to speak with others who have been successful in achieving goals, we often ask a common question. What is the secret to their success? From overcoming certain challenges to obtaining a successful lifestyle, we typically want to find out how to do so in our own lives. In today's message, Pastor Mark reflects on how the disciples recognized the source of success in the life of Jesus. That source came through constant communion and prayer with the Father. Today, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of prayer and how to pray effectively. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, How to Pray. book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. On the overhead is an interesting picture. Those of you that study the Old Testament are familiar with it. It is Dagon the fish god. You might say, well, I never heard of Dagon the fish god. It was a, a pagan god of the Philistines, part man and quote, part fish. Of course, there was no such God, but this was the God they worshipped. Let me read you what took place one night with this fish God. The Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, was stolen by the Philistines. Notice what it says. I'll read it to you out of 1 Samuel. Well, the Philistines carried the Ark of God into the temple of Dagon, his temple. And they placed it beside, they took the Ark of the Covenant, placed it beside Dagon. Now, when the citizens went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen down on his face in front of the ark of the Lord as if to worship him. (laughs) And so the the Philistines went, well, that's not right. And they set the idol up again next to the ark of the covenant. The next morning, the same thing happened. The idol had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord again. But this time, the head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact uh, in front of the ark of the covenant. Now, let me ask you today, how excited would you be after reading that story to pray to the, the god Dagon? 
How many go, oh, I'd like to be right there now. I'm excited about Anybody? I mean, why would you want to pray for a God that, well, is dead, number one. Number two, falls over in front of the real God. Number three, the next day has no arms or legs, can't do anything for you. Here's something, the first thing you want to write today, very first thing. It matters who we pray to. It matters who we pray to. In Matthew 6, 5, you remember last week Jesus started out and he basically said this. Don't pray this way. Amazingly, Jesus is in this teaching on the spiritual disciplines of fasting, praying, and giving. We learned those last week, actually the last two weeks. And then as he expands, he says, well, don't pray this way. Well, you know the question on the disciples would have been, and we know from Luke 11 they said it, Lord, teach us to pray. If we're not to pray this way, how should we pray? We begin in Matthew 6, look at verse 9. Then this, Jesus said, is how you should pray. You probably ought to circle that in your Bible. This is the pattern for prayer. Well, what is that pattern? Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. You see, the disciples, as I said in Luke 11, had asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Why? Well, the disciples watched Jesus' life. And they went, it's incredible. It's powerful. He he meets every need there is. It just changes people's lives. Where does that come from? Well, they put two and two together and they realized it was the prayer life of Jesus. So they just said to Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, what we just read, you were probably raised with the term the Lord's Prayer. But it's not really the Lord's Prayer. Jesus didn't pray this prayer. Jesus' prayer is actually John 17. But this is called actually the disciples' prayer. But it is for you and I. It is a model. It is a blueprint for prayer. It's, it's how we're to pray it. Now, remember Jesus said, as we taught last week, he said, don't do rote prayers, especially if, they, if you do them without thinking. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you, as a younger person, or maybe even the last few years, kind of memorized the Lord's Prayer heard the disciples' prayer. Let me see your hands. Our Father, which, how many member? Okay, good, good. We can do that. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom, come the world, be down there. Amen. And you, many of you said that every week in church. And you went through it all, and you ripped it off, and you did it, but it, it never came from here. It was, it was always from here. So, yes, we can, we can verbatim say it. We can actually verbatim pray it. But we have to be very careful when we do that. Really, it's the principles from here that we want to learn. And it's going to take us two weeks to get through those principles. The principles here are absolutely incredible. One day, a couple of guys were friends, and they were talking, and one of them said, I really believe in prayer. His friend said, like, I've known you a long time. I had no idea you were religious. I had no idea you knew how to pray. Do you really know how to pray? And the other friend said, well, sure I do. And the friend replied, 
I bet you don't even know the Lord's Prayer by heart. If you can recite it verbatim, I'll give you 20 bucks. The other friend said, no problem, man. Now I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And the other friend said, man, you shocked me. I can't believe you knew the Lord's Prayer and gave him the 20 bucks. <laughs> See, sometimes we don't have a clue what we're even saying or what we call it. This prayer is in two sections. Here's the next things you want to write in your notes this morning. Section number one is all about adoration. It's all about God. Jesus is going to say, here's how you do it, the pattern. It doesn't start with you. It starts with honoring God. Man honoring God. So the first section this morning, it's just about God. The second section is petitions. It's God answering man's prayer requests. So the first thing is honoring God. The second part, the next time we study together, we'll talk about those three areas. By the way, those three areas are give us our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and lead us not into temptation. So we have this two-section component part of prayer. Verse 9, by verse 9 in your Bible, you might just want to write this. Verse 9 is about God's person. It's about the person of God. Notice, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Notice the first word, our. As you go through this prayer, it isn't really a single prayer. It's everything in this prayer is plural. Our, we, and so on. What does that mean? Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's a group of people. It's people listening in the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And his first really point, it seems minor, but it's major. Jesus says, our. He says, don't be, don't pray in isolation. Well, wait a minute, Pastor Mark. Last week you said we should go in our private closet. Well, remember we told you, yes, there's a time for private prayer, but there's also time for public prayer and worship. So we're reminded here, our, we're a part of a believing community, a body of believers. God never designed Christians to live in isolation. That's why we have the golf tournament coming up. You to invite a neighbor, to get them here, to see that we're family. See, we're family here. Now, we're a big family, but we're family. And when we pray together, there's something special. At the end of the service, we're going to worship together and pray together. You can't do that. And I know many of you, hundreds of you, like all day, will be watching on the Internet. We're glad. For those of you that can't get to church and you're out of town or whatever. But if you're here in town and you can get to church, you should be at church. Because it's different here than it is on the internet. For those of you that can or just checking us out, good morning. Have another cup of coffee for us right now. See, even though the lights are bright, I can see you. I can see you. Now, we're family. Going to heaven, it's not just Calvary Chapel people. God help us, there would be very few people in heaven. Pastor Dean just had a wonderful meeting this week. We have a a marriage retreat coming up that's actually going to be held in this church. And he invited many other churches and they had a kind of a kickoff meeting this weekend. We had all these other churches in our community here serving them a luncheon and, and just presenting all this. We're family. And so you're here. Don't do things alone. Get into a small group. 
We have the men's groups, the ladies' groups. You saw the brochure last week. We'll have the couples' groups, the singles, all kinds of different groups. We're family. He says, our, our. The next thing he says is, our father. Now, this term kind of changed. That was a shock for the Jews. Up to this point, basically, the Jews were taught that God was unapproachable. Well, father doesn't give you that kind of connotation. In fact, in the original language, the word father means Abba, which we don't have a clue about, but we do have a clue about this, Papa. Now, that doesn't disrespect God. In fact, this is what shocked the Jews because they wouldn't even say his name and thought that not only was God unapproachable, but he was distant. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You can have a personal relationship with God. In fact, it can be so personal, you can call him daddy. Well, that was strange. That was new. For some of you this morning, that's strange. That's new. Our father, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Everything starts with a personal relationship with God. Everything. Everything just starts with that relationship. You see, when I hear the name Papa, it means personal. It means approachable. Now, for some of you, as you think of your father on earth, you you didn't have a good maybe relationship with your dad. Some of you probably didn't even have a dad. But don't transfer those negative thoughts to God. He is the perfect father. Here's the problem. Jesus says, our father. Well, who can say that? Well, only people that have a personal relationship with God. So understand this in a kind way this morning. If you're not yet a Christian, you can't pray this prayer. Because at the outset of the prayer, my father He isn't. The same way Paul said to the Corinthians, if you're not a Christian, you cannot take communion. Now, that wasn't to exclude people. It was to get them to become Christians. It's the same thing in in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. But if he isn't, it doesn't do any good to say it. And the prayer doesn't mean anything. We say, well, Pastor Mark, what is Jesus trying to say? He's trying to say this. In John 1.12, we have a, a verse that, well, really says it all. It says this, but to all who believed him and accepted him as, as personal savior, he gave them the right to become children of God. You see, it's not related to a church. It's not related to membership. It's not related to what you were baptized in as a child or whatever, dedicated to. It's a personal acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. As you do that, you become a a child of God. And a child of God then has the right to call God Abba, Daddy. And out of that, All the rest of the things flow. If that isn't happening, nothing flows in this prayer. When we get to the petition part, nothing works. 
because you can't approach God. Because the Bible tells us that I really have to have a relationship with God to approach him. So understand this morning what that means. Now, when you think of father, again, if you had a bad relationship, put that away. Let me just say some words. When I think of God this morning, when I think of an earthly father, here's what I think of. Family, approachable, trust, provider, respect, fun, fun, God, fun. For some of you like, oh, oh, don't go there. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. How many, if you just let your mind go back, some of you have to go back a long way, so it might get stuck in the way, but it'll go back. Some of you are a little younger, doesn't have to go back. How many can remember fun times with your earthly dad? Let me see your hands. How many can remember? Okay. On the count of three, I want you to tell me, was it fishing, boating, golfing, camping, whatever? I I want everybody just to yell out if you remember what the fun times were about. One, two, three. It was fun, wasn't it? You see, it was fun. Now, do you believe that God, in a relationship with your father, it can have a fun aspect? Hello? Hello? Is there anybody in here in this building this morning? God, the deafness that's out here this morning. (laughs) Father, well, sure. For sure. I mean, if you look at Christianity as boring, unapproachable God, distant, doesn't care for me, then that's the wrong concept of a father. Fun. I mean, look at you. When God looks down, you don't think he has fun? Look at you. I get to, I'm going to get a camera one day, and boy, I'm going to have fun. But look at us. I mean, for sure he's laughing right now. And it's fun. So when you think about that, this is how the prayer starts off. See, some of us, and there is a holy aspect to it. We'll get to them all. But some of us are like this. God. God. can't worship. can't do it. That's wrong. He's your father, approachable, respect, trust, provider, fun. Let's say it this morning, fun. Here we go. Put, all right, you got to do this. Put your notes down. Put your notes down. Put your finger on the side of your mouth. Raise your thing. Fun, fun. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and do it. Show them your ugly teeth right now. Just say fun, fun. Praise God. Now we're awake. Now where were we? Let's go back to another point. All right. So here's what I want you to write. Next thing I want you to write. It's kind of an addition to the prayer definition we gave you last week. Prayer is a two-way conversation with our, our loving Father. With our loving Father. You see, it matters who we pray to. It matters who we pray to. Look at the next part of verse 9. Our Father in heaven in heaven well what kind of god am i praying to i'm praying to the god in heaven the creator of the universe and that simply means when i think about that in that context this is a god who has the power to do anything he wants he personally created all the heavens and all the earth you probably saw this next picture yesterday in the newspaper It's a, well, it's just this new planet. And I love the Today newspaper because it said the astronomers have found a new planet. 
By the way, God never lost the planet. It was always there. But here's a picture of it. Let me read to you about this morning. It's icy, rocky, and bigger than Pluto. And according to scientists who found it orbiting the sun, it's the newest planet on our solar system's block. The planet, the farthest known object in our solar system, is currently 9 billion miles away from the sun. Now, does that register in your brain anywhere? Nine billion miles? I mean, the only way that registers nine billion miles is if you had to fill up the tank at the gas thing and go that far. Nine billion miles? We can't even grasp that, can you? It's always been there. And that's just our solar system. So when you begin to think about God in heaven, it's not an aloofness. It's a grandeur. It's power. And it simply means, well... It matters who we pray to. You've got to write this next part down, and I'll explain it to you. Who we pray to determines the expectancy and the outcome of our prayers. Who we pray to, to determines the expectancy and the outcome of our prayers. In other words, as... As I think about God, if that's who I pray to, if he's in heaven and he's the creator of the universe, then I, can, I have great hope for my prayers. I have great faith for my prayers. I can, I can say good outcomes coming. Let me give you a couple other ideas. It matters who we pray to. I've been all over the world and many times in the Far East. Here's a picture that I've seen many varieties of. And I'm not making fun of anybody's, quote, religion. But let me just ask you this morning. Here's Buddha. It matters who we pray to. See, Buddha is no different than the fish god of the Philistines. It's no different. It can't do anything. It's not alive. Certainly isn't in heaven. Created nothing. In fact, was created by man. It matters who we pray to. Here's another one. It'll shock you. Who's the biggest god? By the way, that's a mirror. If we're not careful, we're the biggest God. We operate independently from God. I don't really need to pray to God. Many of you this last week didn't pray at all because you just handled your own life. You're your own God. It matters who you pray to because you're finite, so am I. If I'm determining my life, the expectancy and the outcome is not going to be very good because look at me. I fail. I don't have the answers to life. Do you? No, you don't. Absolutely you do not. So it matters hugely who we pray to. Now, when I think of God in heaven, that's the one true God who created everything. He is all-powerful. In other words, unlimited power. There isn't one thing that limits his power. He's all-knowing. Each of us desires to be successful when it comes to achieving certain challenges and goals in life. However, we don't always know just where to draw the strength and wisdom to do so. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of prayer as our source of success. Reflecting on the Lord's Prayer, we learned how to pray more efficiently and to rely on our all-loving Father. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage us to reflect on one truly amazing reality. Our Father in Heaven, Creator of the universe, hears each and every one of our prayers. In our study, Pastor Mark will continue to teach us how to pray more effectively, while reminding us that our petitions go before an all-loving God who has power over all. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Yeah.